Hello, Wild Wanderers, and welcome to this episode of the Dispatches from the Forest podcast. I'm your host, Tim the Nature Nerd O'Hara, and you might notice that it sounds a little bit different, um, and that's because instead of recording on my laptop in my closet, I am recording on my phone, and I'm out in the field. So I thought I'd take you on a hike with me today. We're not going to have a script. We're just going to see what we see um, and and take it from there. It'll be kind of a, an improv thing and, and hopefully it works out good and we come across some cool stuff. But I am at the Crow's Nest Natural Area Preserve, which is located in Stafford County, Virginia. Um, it's located right along the Potomac River and um, and the uh, Akakeek Creek. So we're, we're kind of in the, the uplands right now. It's a mixed deciduous hardwood forest, so we've got lots of deciduous trees, um, lots of biodiversity here, um, and we're, we're hiking the Akakeek Trail Loop, which is about a three-mile loop with a little out and back to a, a little pond a, and a bird blind. So we'll see, hopefully we'll see something cool down there. So we're just going to kind of hike along. I might pause um, if nothing's going on and and we'll, we'll see what happens. So um, today is a beautiful day for a hike. It's uh, we got some cloud cover. Temperature is about 75 degrees, and the humidity is low, which is a really nice change from last week when it was in the high 90s and just stifling humidity. Um, and it's about 9:30 in the morning, but the the woods are kind of quiet this morning. I'm hearing some crickets, um, but not a lot of birds, which I'm kind of not too surprised by because it is late summer and and they're not usually too uh, active this time of year because all the mating is done. So let's uh, head down the trail. Um, one of the first things I saw was a great big orb web from an orb weaving spider. I'm not sure what kind. Um, it showed up really good in the sun and then the sun went behind a cloud. So now I, I can't see it, but it was probably some sort of large orb weaver spider, like a marbled orb weaver. Um, it was pretty high up. Um, so let's continue down the trail. So I just walked into a spider web <laughs> right across the trail. And this one was a, a spiny orb weaver. I actually had to pull this little guy off of my shirt. Um, spiny orb weavers are a tiny little spider. They, they look, if you look at them up close, they look kind of intimidating because they have this big triangular shaped abdomen. Um, and they build, they like to build webs across large spaces. So I'm kind of not surprised I ran into that one, although I'm going to have to keep my eyes open more so I don't run into more. Um, they actually will build a kind of a, they have a triangular shaped abdomen, and they also build a triangular shaped uh, frame for their web. So they'll build it sometimes. Oh, here's another one. And this one I didn't walk into. I'm going to duck under it. So I'm going to pause here and see if I can get a picture of this one, and I'll post it in the comments. All right, I got a picture that I'll post in the in the comments. Um, but they they build their webs. It takes them about an hour, hour and a half to, to build those webs. So I always feel a little bad walking through them in the morning. But um, whoever hikes through here the rest of the day, will have to thank me for clearing out all the webs. So let's, uh, let's continue on and see what else we can find. 
So we're about a third of a mile down the trail, and so far I have managed to avoid several large webs, and I've also managed to walk through, and I just walked through another one, several webs that I didn't see. So my, my beef with these spiders is they like to build about five and a half feet off the ground, five to five and a half feet, which is for me right about face level. So a lot of times if I don't spot them right away, I'm catching them with my face, but um, don't let that deter you. They're, they're really neat little spiders. They're really kind of cool looking. And, and if you get a chance to see one up close and to watch it build its web, um, I highly recommend it because it's really a neat process to watch. All right, I just came across another one and I'm gonna try not to break his web because he actually has something in there. I'm not sure what he caught, but he's got some breakfast. So we managed not to break his web and, and ruin his breakfast. I know a lot of people are like, spiders, ew, gross, burn it, kill it. But you know, they, they do a lot of good things. Most of the time, they, they don't bite. Even, even the so-called venomous, you know, with medically significant venom like widows or um, brown recluses, they, they don't want to bite you. They want to avoid you, just like venomous snakes do. They have no interest in, in biting you. So usually, they only will bite um, if, they're, if they're accidentally... Um, grabbed or stepped on and and most of these like these little orb weaver spiders they're they're mandibles or their fangs i mean they're they're not big enough or strong enough really to penetrate your skin so even if they attempted to bite you chances are unless you have extremely thin skin they're not going to be able to penetrate and and that's true for widows as well they they their fangs aren't aren't very big and they they have a hard time penetrating the skin. So they really try to avoid biting you. And I actually read something recently that said, um, widow spiders generally only bite if they're pinched along their entire body. So, you know, even if you have one crawling on you, chances are it's not gonna bite you um, unless you grab it and pinch it. Or sometimes, you know, people accidentally step on them or they set their hand on them. And that's, that's when bites happen. So I just came across something else on the trail here. There's a big mushroom, um, and I'm gonna I'm gonna use iNatural. So I'm gonna pause here for a second and use iNaturalist and see if I can identify it. It's really pretty. I'm gonna I'll post a picture of it in the comments. Um, it is kind of a red, orange, and pretty large. So let's see what iNaturalist has to say about this. So I'm no expert in mushrooms. Um, I don't know my mushrooms very well. Um, and iNaturalist um, couldn't narrow it down. So it was a, some sort of bolete mushroom. There's um, several varieties, but it was pretty good size. It was probably about the, almost the size of a, maybe a salad plate or um, not quite a dinner plate, but, but pretty cool. And, and, uh, a pretty mushroom to see out here in the woods. It's been kind of a little bit damp recently. We had a, a pretty good rainstorm um, a couple nights ago, so that's probably um, helping bring out some of the, the mushrooms around here. 
Okay, I just came across another mushroom, um, actually several of them here alongside the trail. And these um, kind of look like, they almost look like coral, like you'd find in the ocean. Um, and again, iNaturalist was um, not entirely helpful. It just says genus Meripilus, which um, I don't know what that means. I know a lot of mushrooms are um, very similar, and the, the way you identify them is by doing a, a spore print and seeing um, what the spores look like, what color the spores stain things. Um, I've also got another type of fungus here that we're going to see if we can identify, and this is, um, there's a dead tree right here alongside the trail, and growing along on the side of the tree is um, a lot of small little shelf funguses um, or shelf mushrooms. So we'll see. Let's see what iNaturalist has to say. We're loading some suggestions here. Yep, and again, it's a, it's a type of, of bracket, um, but I'm not sure which one because it gives me several suggestions and I am not good at identifying mushrooms. All right, so after walking through another couple of spider webs, um, came across another mushroom. This one um, was white, more, more typically shaped mushroom. Um, and I'm pretty sure that I've identified it as a peppery milk cap. Um, so there's lots of similar species, similar looking um, species of mushroom. So I could very well be wrong. Um, but that's, that's my best guess. Um, and lots of things will eat mushrooms. Um, I'm not a mushroom eater. It's just, um, I don't know. Never been, never been a fan of mushrooms. Um, don't, I would not recommend, unless you're an expert at identifying wild mushrooms, um, eating uh, a mushroom that you don't know 100% for sure is edible. Um, lots of things in the woods will eat mushrooms though. Um, squirrels and deer um, are, are able to eat them um, even if they might be toxic to us. All right, so I'm not quite a mile in um, and I actually came across a little orb weaver, one of these little spiny orb weavers. He's off to the side of the trail so I didn't walk through his web. But it is working on constructing a new one. And it's really, really cool to watch if you, if you can spot this. Because he's, he's got the frame in, or she, maybe, I don't know. He or she has the frame in and is working on attaching the capture spiral. So as it goes around, it works from the outside in. And, and as it goes around, you can see it very deliberately attach that capture spiral web to each of the spokes as it goes around. So it's going in a spiral and it stops and it, it very deliberately attaches each of those, those spots at the spokes. So it's really, really neat. All right, so we're gonna continue on. I did discover that um, sometimes the, the app I'm using to record seems to pause if I let it go to, to the screensaver. Um, so, might have to do some editing when I get this back home, um, but we'll see. So the trail is kind of, we're kind of descending now a little bit. Um, we were on the kind of the top of the, the hill here, um, and now we're, 
we're heading downhill um, and we're going to end up along the creek. So we're starting to hear a little bit more bird song. And the cicadas are out, the annual cicadas. If you listen to my first episode, uh, I talked about cicadas. So a couple of years ago, we had the, the Brood 10 come out. But these are the annual or dog day cicadas that we're hearing now. So um, I guess dog day cicadas come out a little bit later in the year. There's um, earlier species of cicada that come out. And, you know, they live underground and they, they come out in the, in the summer. They leave that shell on the trees and then they start to buzz. They make that rattling sound with their, their abdomen. They have a, a specially designed, specially evolved, I should say, abdomen that when they vibrate it, it makes noise and it's kind of hollow. And that's all to attract a mate. When they hatch out and they're adults like that, they only have about another three or four weeks to live. So they've got a they've got a mate, um, lay eggs. The female makes a slit in the, a twig, um, right at the base of a twig, lays her eggs in there. Uh, and that's where they'll that's where they'll hatch from. Then they'll drop to the ground, and they'll um, burrow into the ground. And they they live underground, eating uh, primarily tree sap. Oh, another spider web. <laughs> All right, so we're gonna continue down the trail here. Oh, here's one up high, actually over my head. So, oh, I just watched the spider. I, I frightened the spider. Um, so what it did was it actually dropped. I was going to duck under the web and not disturb it, but um, it actually dropped off the web and rappelled down um, and went and hid. So I'm going to duck under the web, try not to disturb it. Um, it went and hid, and then after I'm gone and it feels like it's safe it'll climb back up the thread that it repelled down on and it'll go back to whatever it was doing it looked like it wasn't quite finished building that spiral so we're uh, I'm actually just about to turn off onto the little out and back down to the the birding pond um, so the birding pod's about a, a quarter of a mile down this little side trail, so we're going to head down that way. But one thing I'm, I'm kind of surprised I haven't seen, because I've seen it many, many of them on previous hikes out in this area, um, are what's called fowler's toads. Fowler's toads are a, a small toad. They only grow maximum size about three inches, so they're a lot smaller than, than the typical American toad. Um, so they're just a small toad, and they can be gray, but a lot of times they're this really neat kind of rust or brick red color. I just walked through another spider web. Um, and I have, the last time I hiked out here was in the spring, and they were just everywhere. I, I think I counted close to 100 just on this loop alone. So they're, they're really kind of a neat little toad. And they live um, in the eastern U.S. and Canada is where they're they're native to 
um, but just kind of a, a fun, cute little, cute little toad to see. And they actually used to think that they were a, a subspecies of the American toad, but now they've determined that they are, in fact, their own species. And we're getting down into the, the bottom lands here. Um, things are starting to get a little more swampy off to the sides of the trail. You can hear a lot more of those cicadas down in here. So I'm not quite to the viewing blind. I'm a little ways away. Um, but I just came across another fungus um, called a handsome club. They actually look like um, two orange wires kind of poking up out of the ground just a couple inches long. So it's kind of neat, kind of kind of pretty in that it, the color, that bright orange kind of stands out against the the brown leaf litter and, and green understory plants. Um, so I'm about to approach the the birding blind here and there's a, a little pond on the other side and this birding blind has um, a different heights of, of viewing slits so you can stand here and and look out over this pond and see what might be in it so let's see if there's anything to see so unfortunately there's not anything moving around in this pond. Um, I was hoping there might be a, a heron. I've seen herons um, nearby um, out in the part of the river and the creek. So, but not in here today. Um, there's kind of a tree branch in the way. I'm trying to move around to see farther out. Oh, I saw some ducks. So there are some ducks in the pond. Um, but no heron. Herons are really neat because they, they're you know, big, tall, wading birds. And they, you know, they hunt close to shore and they'll actually grab um, frogs, fish, crayfish, anything they can get. Sometimes even ducklings. And they'll swallow them whole. Um, but what's really cool is herons will create what's called a rookery when they nest. So they, they hunt individually but when they nest they nest in these these big groups um, called rookeries and they'll actually nest in the trees so if you if you can imagine a heron with those big tall gangly looking legs perched in a tree it's really it's really something interesting to see um, kind of funny looking they look really out of place up there in the trees all right so we've come to the, the end of this little uh, spur and we're going to head back up to the main trail. So there was a spider web I managed to avoid on my way to the blind that I forgot about and hit on the way back. But it, it reminded me that the spiny orb weavers come in all different colors. Um, so this one, the first one I saw today that I told you about was was white. Its abdomen was white. Um, the one I took a picture of was kind of uh, bigger, a little bit wider, um, and kind of a brownish gray. And this one, the abdomen was bright yellow. So you know, there's really a lot of variety in them, and they're they're really beautiful. They're really pretty when you look at them up close. They're 
their cephalothorax, their, their head area is kind of a dark shiny black and then their abdomens are just this variety of different colors. All right, so we're still down in the bottom and I came to a, a bridge over a, a little drainage creek and was peeking around to see if I could see any footprints in the mud or anything like that. But what I found was a what's called a cricket frog. So it's just a tiny little frog, only about the, about the size of my thumbnail or the even the last knuckle of my thumb. A little gray guy just kind of hanging out in the water there. So pretty cool little little thing to spot. All right, so we're at about the two mile mark and I just came across another mushroom. Um, this one really blended in well with the forest floor. The cap was kind of brownish, almost looked like, um, almost looked like baked bread. Um, so it's, it was called a reddish brown bolete, according to uh, my best guest on iNaturalist. And if there's any uh, mushroom experts on there, I'm sure they can correct me if I'm wrong. But it was really kind of neat, and it, and it was really well camouflaged because it blended in with the, the brown leaves that are covering the forest floor. And actually, I walked about 10 feet away and turned to look back at it, and I, I couldn't see it. I had to walk back um, and find it again, but pretty, pretty neat to see. Okay, I didn't get very far, and I spotted off to the side of the trail and another um, spider, another orb weaver, this one bigger than our little tiny um, spiny orb weavers. And this one was a red femurred orb weaver. So kind of a medium sized orb weaver working on a, working on a web. Um, and it was kind of interesting. I spotted the web because the, it wasn't finished yet. So the center part was just this real messy clump of web. And what they'll do is as they create that capture spiral and work their way into the center, they just kind of stick everything together in the middle until they get done. And then one of the last things they do is they eat that messy center and rebuild it so it's nice and neat so that they're ready to, to catch some food. All right, so we're leaving the, the bottomlands behind, starting to head back up the ridge here and I can see out um, through the through the trees we're right on the edge of what would be that um, Akakee Creek that connects to the connects to the Potomac River um, and I can actually look across and see the crow's nest natural area preserve has a, another separate area from where I'm at um, that has a, a kayak and canoe launch um, dock over there so you can you can actually do they have a a marked water trail so maybe we'll have to to do that sometime get the kayak out and kayak down the water trail to see what we see down there um, we'll see if this if this hike works out we'll hike other areas and and maybe even try kayaking with the with the recorder I just avoided another spider web, but this one was a, another different species of orb weaver. Um, this one was this one called an orchard orb weaver. It's another small orb weaving spider, but I, I need to look this up because what I've noticed about all the orchard orb weavers I've encountered was that their webs, instead of being instead of being uh, vertical, 
um, like the, the spotted orb weavers or the um, spiny orb weavers, they seem to be more horizontal. They're more, uh, more at an angle. So I need to do some research, um, see what I can find out about that. If there's a, a reason, if there's a specific prey that they're after, that that horizontal web is more effective at catching or, or what the deal is there. And orchard orb weavers, as you'll see if you look at the pictures, um, they have a much longer abdomen. It's kind of, they're kind of long and skinny compared to the, the spiny orb weavers have kind of a, a you know, fat, kind of almost awkward shaped is my best way to put it. Their, their abdomen is, is kind of awkward shaped and um, spotted orb weavers or the, the red femured orb weaver that I spotted, um, they have a much more kind of bulbous almost abdomen but the orchard orb weaver is is kind of long and thin and i just spotted something that for a change is not a spider or a mushroom um, i spotted a a zebra swallowtail butterfly beautiful butterfly if you've seen a tiger swallowtail that's you know that beautiful yellow and black um, a zebra swallowtail is is more black and white as you would expect from the name um, but you often see them in the woods because um, here in Virginia, at least, we have uh, pawpaw trees. And the pawpaw tree is the host, the only host uh, plant species for the caterpillars of the zebra swallowtail. They, they lay their eggs on the, on the pawpaw tree and their, their larvae, the caterpillars, feed on the leaves. So, um, and I want to apologize for my heavy breathing when I was talking about orchard orb weavers because I'm hiking uphill <laughs> to the top of this ridge and I was playing it back because it paused on me and I... Sorry, we got a helicopter going overhead because we're not completely out in the wilderness. Um, I was hiking uphill while I was talking and um, I'm in decent shape, but, but that was... Uh, uh, apparently straining me a little bit. I just came across uh, another species of mushroom. These were red chanterelles, um, according to iNaturalist, which, according to iNaturalist, are edible. Oh, like I said, I'm, I'm not a mushroom person, and I'm never 100% on my mushroom identification, so that's just something I, I don't risk. Um, but it says they, they fruit in the summer and fall, which of course it's, you know, the, the middle of August here, um, in association with hardwood trees, which we're in a mixed deciduous hardwood forest. So it all tracks, it all makes sense, but very pretty. They're, they're low growing to the ground and they're a, a bright uh, reddish orange color. So, so, so really pretty. And again, it, you know, that color, really stands out against the, the brown leaf litter that is what makes up the majority of the forest floor here. All right, and finally, almost to the end of this hike, I finally spotted a fowler's toad. And now I lost him. I was gonna try and get a picture, but he hopped off into the leaf litter and he was a, oh, there he goes. He's a bright, 
nice nice bright red color i'm gonna pause here and see if i can get a picture so i can post it for you all right i got a picture um so when this uh when this podcast goes up um check the check the facebook page dispatches from the forest uh, we're on facebook uh, you can check out that facebook page and i'll have all the associated uh, pictures to go along with this hike you can check them out there and just so I can compare and contrast and show you the differences, I just had a, a second Fowler's Toad cross my path, and this one was much less red. You'll see the first one was almost a, a rust color, um, and then the second one that I just encountered was um, looked more like a, a normal toad color. It was kind of grayish-brownish, so... You'll be able to see the difference between the two. They, they come in a wide variety of, of shades. All right, so I'm uh, almost back to the parking lot. Um, and I just wanted to tell you about some things. I saw um, a third Fowler's Toad and another Orchard Orb Weaver. I also spotted some, some deer tracks in the mud. And what appeared to be... Um, a canine print of some sort. Now, I'm pretty sure that dogs aren't allowed here, which doesn't mean that somebody didn't bring their dog here anyways. Um, but assuming that everybody that's hiking here is following the rules and leaving Fido at home, um, judging by the size, it's very possible that they were coyote tracks. Um, this is a great habitat for coyote. Um, we got, you know, upland woods and, and lowlands, probably plenty of game to hunt. Um, so I'm going to choose to believe, because it's way cooler to believe, that those are coyote tracks. Um, and a lot of people, you know, get all spun up about coyotes. If you've listened to my, my episode on coyotes... You know how I feel. I love them. I think they're amazing creatures. Um, they really don't attack people very often. Average for the U.S. is 10 attacks or less per year. Um, there hasn't been a death from a coyote attack since 1981 in the United States. So um, generally, if we if we leave them be, you know, they're not gonna they're not gonna bother us. Um, you know, and as far as eating cats go, well, cats shouldn't be outside. So, um, again, you've you've heard my my rant on free roaming cats probably more than once. So, um, I'm gonna to leave that be, um, and I'm just gonna I'm gonna wrap this up because I'm almost to the parking area. So, thank you for listening. Let me know in the in the comments or send me an email um, if you enjoyed this if it if it's worth um doing again maybe on a different trail or you know maybe doing the the water trail with the kayak um if you're not on facebook and you want to see the pictures shoot me an email dispatches from the forest at gmail.com and i'll be happy to to send you those pictures um so that you can see them to go along with with the podcast here so um that's it. Always remember, Dispatches from the Forest is a production of Dispatches from the Forest. It can't be used to rebroadcast whole or in part without express written permission. 
Um, check out our Patreon page. That's patreon.com forward slash dispatches from the forest. If you want to support future episodes, um, check us out on Facebook, um, on TikTok, on Instagram. Um, I'm your host, Tim the Nature Nerd O'Hara, reminding you to go outside and get dirty.